Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Canada Horse Podcast. We're spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses, from their tack to their trainers to their vet care and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Hello, you are listening to episode 26 of Canada Horse Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of saying yes in the horse world. But first, I just want to go back to our last episode and just thank you all for the wonderful feedback we've had from our episode with Jim Anderson. Oh my gosh, the feedback has been phenomenal. It was a really fun episode for us to do because it was a bit of a different format for us where we actually got to sit down live with our guest for the first time and we've really enjoyed it. So we were hoping that it really came across as that, but we're, we're a little concerned that it came across as like maybe it too laughy. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to say, when you said that, I was like, maybe we enjoyed it a little too much. We had a really good time and it was like, we were tired and having mm-hmm. a lot of fun and we had been waiting a long time to ask Jim some of these questions. So I'm really glad we had a few different people reach out to us to say, we were laughing along with you. Yes. So we've had, so we had so many messages and comments and shares on our post and really appreciate it. And we even had some messages from Jim's uh, students from other places in the world, which was really neat. Yeah. Very cool. And actually like one student has written to us and opened her doors to us and said, anytime you come here, you are more than welcome. So the horse world has some amazing kind human beings in it. And I do want to just put like a a small disclaimer here for the last episode. So you may have noticed a like thumping sound and I couldn't edit it out because it was Jim being very enthusiastic in what he was talking about. And he was just kind of hitting his hand on the table and I didn't want to interrupt his thought process. So you, (laughs) I've had a couple of people be like, what was that sound? And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. So next time when someone is live with us, I'll know to put that in the conversation before the episode starts. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. I noticed it during when he was talking, but I thought, oh, you know, he's just like really enthusiastic. And it's funny. I've listened to other podcasts before and I swore it was, it sounded like somebody was playing with their zipper or something. I didn't know what it was. And then after us recording podcasts, I realized it's when people are talking into that little microphone from their earbuds, it makes that swooshy sound. So sometimes we just deal with these things and, and, you know, we're really fortunate to be able to do an interview finally in person, which was really cool. Yeah, it was fantastic. We really enjoyed the gym clinic, but we want to also tell you that we're using this to lead you into our conversation today. The gym clinic was an opportunity really for us to attend. And it was an opportunity that we had to say yes to in order to meet some goals with 
both ourselves individually, but also with our horses. So we are using this conversation today to really open up the discussion around saying yes, the power of saying yes, and then the impact of having no as your answer become a habit. Right. Because it's so easy to say no to the little things on a, on a daily basis. And then all of a sudden you're either not prepared to say yes, when the big things come that you really want, or you're just so used to saying no, that that's just what comes out. And so positivity breeds positivity. And if you're used to jumping on board with different opportunities that come your way, all of a sudden more opportunities will come and you'll be ready for them physically, mentally, emotionally, all of the things. And so often we say no because of our comfort zone, right? So when we recognize that we're saying no due to discomfort, not because it's out of alignment with who we are, then we can start to say yes more often. And with every little yes, then that breeds confidence to say yes more. And then we can start saying yes to bigger opportunities. And then the next stage in growth, and we're going to talk more about this uh, throughout the episode, is really starting to seek out opportunities versus just being approached and being like, yeah, okay, I'll do the thing. And I know that Nadine has some things to say about that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what I was thinking is maybe first, I think one of the things that we need to kind of explain or understand here going into this is that if we're saying yes, we're saying yes for a reason, because we have a goal in mind. And so there's a difference between saying yes to opportunities and things that come up to get us to that goal that we have, or that intention, which is something we've talked about in the past, or saying no to things that don't lead us down that. So if we have a priority in mind and a goal, and we're saying yes, 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 yes to everything, that's not really going to get us there any faster either. But if we say yes to the specific things, instead of putting those things on the back burner, then that is what's going to get us where we want to be. Yeah. So I think it's really about becoming very conscious of when we're actually saying yes or no and why we're saying it. So why, why, (laughs) this is all about, Um, you know, and we say that right now, like we kind of both hang up on why, because that is really what informed equestrian is all about and why we're, or what we're focusing a lot on in Canada horse podcast is the why, like, why do you do what you do? If we're thinking about the why, and if, if people start noticing when they start to say no or why they start to say no and looking at the impact that that has. And oftentimes you can find those answers when you say, but so, oh, I would go to the gym clinic, but I would, I would go and do that thing that I think I would love to do. I wish I could do, but So that's where we start to see those, those things that we're going, "Mm, I'm holding myself back, or there's something I need to work out, whether that's financial or time or resource. There's so many things that, that make us say, but I can't, but if we use that as, Oh, there's an opportunity for me to look, to see how I can open a door that is when we can start saying yes more often. Does that make sense, Nadine? Yeah, it does. You touched on a couple of things that really 
I think people can relate to. And I want to stress that some of this personal work, this, this work that we have to do to get there, it doesn't feel good in the moment. So if something we says with something we say triggers you or makes you feel a little bit like, oh, it's easy for you to say or easier said than done, then that is maybe an area of something you want to dig into. Mm-hmm. And I think that for us, we try really hard to like really address those things that come up. And I am definitely one to say that there are things in my life with my horse that are just so inconvenient that it frustrates me that I have to work on them. But in order to get to the goals that I want to work on, I have to address these little things first. Absolutely. And I do want to talk a little bit. I love that you say like, you know, if this brings anything up, because I know that conversations like this do. And it, I've had this sort of conversation in person with people. And actually, I think we spoke about it or I did a different podcast episode on it about somebody said when we went to the Casey Deary clinic mm-hmm. in March of 2020, they said, oh, you're so lucky to be able to do those things. And it really comes down to action and, and knowing what you want to say yes to and sacrifice. I, you know, sacrifice sounds like a really <laughs> big word for it, but there are certain things that luck doesn't necessarily play a part when it comes to you taking action on the things that you really want in your life. But there are sacrifices that people have to make like time with their kids, opportunities that they offer their kids. These are hard things for us as moms to make decisions about. Like, do I send my, my child to riding camp or hockey camp or something, or do I go to audit that clinic that I know is going to move my goals for. Those are real decisions Mm -hmm. that we have to make. And that's all in our priorities and doing one or the other is not wrong, but when someone else gets to do the thing that you would like to do, it's not because they're lucky. Yeah. And, and I think it, it boils down, you mentioned priorities and also I don't think it's luck. I think you could say that you're fortunate Mm. luck doesn't really have a lot to do with it. Some people could save all year and it still would be not possible to fly to Quebec and go to a clinic. So I can definitely accept that, you know, and see that we could be fortunate. However, let's say I, I would complain that I don't have enough time to do all the things that I want to do with my horses. I also spend probably an hour and a half from say eight o'clock to nine 30 laying on the couch, watching Netflix every night. Mm -hmm. So would that be that I don't have enough time or that I put more priority on relaxing at the end of the night than reaching the goals that I want to do with my horses or grooming them or doing whatever. That isn't the easiest pill to swallow, but it is the truth. Those are the time. That's the time that I have. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think it's easy for us to feel like we have less time than we actually do in the day with something as simple as social media being at our fingertips. Because if we look, when I look at my phone and I actually take the time to look at my screen time that comes up on my iPhone, that's a reality check where I can say, wow, those were hours I could have been working to make the money to do the things that I wanted to do, or I could have been spending those with my child or my horse 
or my husband or doing something I like or meditating, making myself, you know, step up as a person versus sit and scroll and be like, oh God, look what they're doing. That's so lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we acknowledge the fact that not everything is easy. Not everything is easy to hear, but can I just tell a completely unrelated horse story for one second? Of course you can. Okay. So we, well, it is kind of horse related. We were sitting at the Jim Anderson clinic. I think this is three years ago with some friends, maybe four years ago with some friends. And I am complaining about my gray hair roots and I'm, I'm saying, oh my gosh, I just wish that I didn't have these gray roots, blah, blah, blah. And look at looking at pictures on Pinterest of these women that have this silver gray hair and my friend, our friend, Tanya, and maybe Danique was there too. And I'm not sure if you were there, Nikki and Tanya, I think said to me like, well, why don't you just do it? And I was like, oh, I could never pull that off. You know, I'm not cool enough. I'm not edgy enough. I can't pull off that hair. It was inconceivable for me to dye my hair silver three or four years ago. And here I sit having made the decision to dye my hair silver and I love it. And I don't have to worry about my gray hair. And, and it's just that simple decision that somebody else can pull it off or somebody else can do it. And I can't, but there was literally nothing holding me back but myself. So that's a really great example of a story that was holding you back that you had committed to fully mm-hmm. and that somebody else challenged And it just shifted your perspective enough for you to be like, wait a second, this is just in my head. Like, well, it was a slow process. I mean, it was like two years later that I did it, but it was just that thing that, and I'm sure maybe you went through that when you thought about, you know, shaving your part of your hair too. But I think that there are a lot of examples of that in our, in our lives, in our horse lives. Maybe you think you could never be in the shape that someone else is. Maybe you don't think you could ever run a marathon. Maybe you don't think you could compete in a competition or do a dressage test. Mm. And that, that only that other person could do that because they had this and this and this training or opportunity, but really you could, yeah, you could do it if you really wanted to, if you wanted to prioritize it. Yeah. Again, if we think of the stories, there's lots of times that people feel this sense of obligation to the life they have chosen. So to the horse that they have bought, to the life that they have created, and then they start to realize that what they've chosen doesn't actually align with what they want anymore. And that is a struggle. You know, when I decided I wasn't going to be a teacher anymore, the struggle was that when I committed to spending my father's money on my education, I wanted to be a teacher. And then when it no longer aligned with who I was and wanted to be, and it was actually taking away from my life, I felt like it was very difficult to come to terms with that. Like I had a responsibility in maintaining Mm -hmm. that. And that takes a lot of work to be able to work through and, and say, it's okay to change. It's okay to change your discipline and decide that you don't want to do A, B, C, or D anymore. And the obligation is just doing your best. Yeah. And staying true to your values, I would also oh, say. absolutely. Yeah. 
So, so if we throw out some things that somebody could have as a priority or a goal, it could be making more connections in the horse world. It could be getting to a competition. It could be preparing for a race. It could be competing outside of your province or into the United States or into another country. It could be raising a horse from foal to adult. It could be changing your career so that you're now a horse trainer or giving riding lessons. Mm -hmm. There are lots of different, it it could be even smaller than that. It could be going out on a trail ride and feel comfortable going by yourself. Yeah. Right. Imagine that. Yeah. (laughs) It could be the little things that that is your goal. But if you're constantly saying no to those things, if you never want to even go on a trail ride, even with another person, how are you going to get to the goal of being able to ride by yourself? Okay. So I think that brings up a really good point. And that is Nadine, why, if we know there's something that we want to do, and we know that this small thing is going to likely lead me to the larger thing that I want, why do we say no in the moment? Why do you say it's, um, I I think it's because of I'm going to say for myself, laziness and not wanting to put in the work. I think it's uncomfortable sometimes to have to do A, B, C, and D to get to E. Yeah. So I'll give a little example of a time where I notice myself saying no. And to be honest, there are times that I don't push through this because I feel like in the moment, I have to honor the feeling and where it's coming from. So, and I don't know if I've spoken about this much is my fear of riding alone. So I have always been uncomfortable riding alone. And I remember, well, I guess it probably stemmed from when I wrote English and I was always told to not jump alone. And so then it kind of was in my head. There was a risk there. I will ride alone on Ford now now that I'm comfortable with him and I feel safe with him, but I will not ride training horses in the arena alone. Well, that's a really good point. And I, I think valid also, you've mentioned before to me that you didn't like riding alone, but I thought it was more of a social thing. I didn't realize that there was a bit of an underlying fear there, but that is, that's valid with the training horses. However, if you were trying to continue on with the professional career and training horses and Mike was off working full-time, you wouldn't have any other choice. Right. And you probably would just do it. Absolutely. And there have been, there are lots of times that I have done it because I haven't had a choice where Mike's off to work and I have to do the thing, Uh, but it's not comfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable for me to do it. And I think about it every time. And then I think of the impact that it has on that ride. So it's something that I work through definitely, but something I pay very close attention to uh, because, oh, and I will say that this became exaggerated once I had my daughter. Right. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So there's, there are certain reasons why you would not say yes to doing something that, you know, will get you to your goal. It could be procrastination, laziness. It could be fear Mm -hmm. and just general not comfort. It could be the weather. It could be, you don't like getting out there in the cold to continue riding or doing what you need to do all winter to get you to be that far ahead come springtime. Yeah. So I think now is probably a good time to talk about the impact that those 
small everyday no's have on our eventual desire to do the things like the bigger things and reach the goals that we have. So, you know, when we get, if I guess this is maybe a, a place where we can encourage you as a listener to just start bringing your awareness to where you say no, where you have that resistance and, and start to say like, Oh, like, do I actually mean no? Do I actually not want to do that because it doesn't align with line with my values? And do I actually not have the time and I can't ever have the money for it? All those sort of things. But knowing that those little everyday no's, the, do you want to go for a trail ride? Meh, no, it's cold. Do you want to go out for coffee with a like-minded horse friend that you've just met? And it's an opportunity to made it, make a new horsey friend. No, I have to go pick my little one out of school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there are happen. so many, there, right. there's so many reasons that you could say no, but also so many benefits to saying yes. Yeah. Right. And when we get in the habit of saying those no's, then we then lead into somebody saying, do you want to go to the gym clinic? And it's so easy to say no. And, and sometimes we'll say no out of habit without ever thinking about why we're saying no and how do we turn it into a yes? How do we take action to make that happen for ourselves? I think we should challenge you guys, your, our listeners to really pay attention to when somebody asks you to do something or when you have an opportunity just on the most basic level to say yes, or at least acknowledge to yourself where you would be if you did say yes. Oh, I love that. Where would you be if you did say yes? Hmm. That's great. Like, where is that going to take you? Yeah. And not just immediately say no. And I know for someone like me who I like to have a plan and I, I, I sent something to my sister the other day and I said, isn't this so us? It was like some kind of a gif or a, a thing it said, don't invite me anywhere last minute. I enjoy doing nothing. So I need to know ahead of time. If you, if my plan to do nothing needs to be changed. (laughs) (laughs) So some of us are set in our ways and we have a routine. And and if somebody asks us to do something uh, spontaneously, it throws us off and we immediately say no. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's like, I don't, I, I like to have lots of plans and I like to do lots of things. But as I've grown older, Mike has caught me in the habit of saying no, because I almost prefer to watch other people do things than to do things myself. I don't know why. That makes sense too. I get that. I get that. It's probably because it takes effort to participate. (laughs) Am I just getting really lazy with age? (laughs) I thought about that. Okay. So during the horse shows this summer, there was someone there who owned a horse, but someone else was showing the horse. And I thought, wow, that's the way to do it. I always thought that would feel terrible to have your own horse and not be the one showing it. But then once you're there doing all the work and having all the pressure on you, it's like, oh, wouldn't it feel nice to just, that's my horse and somebody else is doing all the work. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's your goal, you could be an owner of a horse. That's awesome. I love that you just admitted to that. (laughs) That's great. 
it's also maybe that's why I like watching clinics so much too, because you don't actually have to do the work in the clinic. You're just <laughs> learning and benefiting from the people that are under the microscope. <laughs> All right, Nadine, why don't you share with us? You have a great story that actually talks about work and a clinic that happened from this past gym clinic that I think is really important for us to share. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about saying yes. However, it's about acknowledging when you do have to put in the work and that there's no magic answer necessarily to get you to your goals. So I came in with a specific issue that I wanted to tell Jim about, and I wanted his feedback about, and it really long story short had to do with just my horse going into his flight or flight mode sometimes randomly. And, and Jim said, well, you just have to do less more often. And I was like, okay, well I can get him out of it. I just don't want him to go there at all. That's not really helping me. I didn't say this to him, but I was like, well, that doesn't really help me avoid the situation completely. I want him to be that horse that can go anywhere, do anything and go away on his own. And he doesn't go into this fight or flight brain, non-thinking brain. I want him to think all the time. And I want him to be listening when I'm doing something. So I come back the next day and I'm thinking, okay, I said to Nikki, I don't really think he quite understood the, the extent to what I was talking about. And, and, he, and so I kind of said it in a different way the next day. And I kind of got a different answer, the same answer in a different way. And so the third time I think I came in and I asked it a different way. And then I said to Nikki, you know what? I think he is telling me that I just have to do, do less more often and be consistent. And the answer is the same, no matter which way I ask it. Mm-hmm. It was cool to watch the process take place because it was like, you went through all of the phases of coming to that answer. And he was so like, he was very respectful of how he was explaining it to you in the sense of like, he wasn't saying, oh, I already told you that he just was rewording it for you, but not changing the sentiment and was like, nope, like horses need maintenance. And this is it. And, you know, some horses are higher maintenance than others. Yeah. And I, and I think my problem there in my defense was that I felt that this was an extreme case and I felt like I already had a lot of tools to handle it. Like I had, I had three quarters of the answers. I felt like I was doing all the right things, but what he was telling me is you just have to keep doing those things. Right. It's that you have, you're, you were right. You have all the yeah. tools. Yeah. You just need to use them more often. I really feel like this, just being a novice athlete in my past, I really feel like this compares to someone who wants to lose weight or someone who wants to get in better shape mm-hmm. because it's like, no, you just have to go do the things like just mm-hmm. go eat healthy and exercise and, and keep doing that. Not just for a week, not just once in a while, not binging on the holidays, just not when, not when it feels good, do it all the time. Even the times it feels like it isn't needed. Well, because horses are, have their own brains and they're animals and they're not robots. And so that is what I learned out of that conversation is that even if you feel like you're doing the right things and you know, you're doing the right things you still have to understand that if it's not working, you have to either seek help, (laughs) find a different answer or keep doing it consistently, consistently. Yeah. It was, it was cool to watch. I really enjoyed it. And the answer that he landed on, 
you know, is one that we all know. We all know this. This is not new information, but it's the same as everything we're saying in this podcast Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. the power of saying yes. We all know the power of saying yes. We know the power of of acknowledging the opportunities and taking those opportunities in our life and, and creating our life instead of just sitting along and going for the ride. But we don't always want to hear the real answer that opportunities do not just get dropped in laps that you have. They don't. Oh, that's what I want. I know I've been waiting for like so long and (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So you touched on definitely one of the things that I struggle with is that, so maybe you could be someone who's brave and bold and you don't mind saying yes. And you go for the things that you want to do. However, it's only if someone puts it on your doorstep, if, if somebody brings it to you and you say, sure, but then you might go three years without actually seeking out an opportunity that could get you to that goal. So you feel like that's you. I definitely am like that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a stage. I think it's a stage. I think when, after this conversation, I think you're going to be more aware of it. And if you actually look at your goals, I think you're going to start seeking out more opportunities, but I don't think you would have been comfortable to five, 10 years ago. So it's, it's, it's like a different level for, for example, Years ago, the very first clinic that I ever went to was because I sought out the opportunity to go to a natural horsemanship clinic that was at your house. Mm-hmm. And so that was the goal. I uh, always had interest in equine behavior, and that was something that was right up my alley. So I went there. I think it's when it comes to things that are beyond what I perceive as my level or something that I could reach. Like I would, I would never think that I can dye my hair silver. I have dark brown hair, you know? So I would never think about going to the Congress. However, you've brought it up and that makes me think, well, why couldn't we then? I guess we could, we could go to the world show. Why not? Somebody said that my horse is really good potential for ranch riding. I guess I could go further than just horse shows within an hour of where I live. So I think it, sometimes it takes experiences and different people in your life to open your Mm -hmm. eyes to the potential of different opportunities. Mm -hmm. Not, it's not that you're necessarily limiting yourself, but for me, I can become very comfortable and complacent and happy with the basics, Mm -hmm. but I also nothing wrong with, yeah, unless you start to desire more and notice yourself saying things like, oh, I wish I. I wish I could do that. Oh, they're so lucky to be able to do that. So just noticing those things, maybe you're less comfortable being comfortable. Right. I think some of us, myself included, have lived a life where you didn't necessarily have the opportunity Mm. or it wasn't given to you. And so you just don't know that it's there. You didn't see it. You grew up in rural country Mm -hmm. or we've talked about this before. You grew up all around English people. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know that barrel racing is the thing that you really wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But then once you see that and you think, oh my gosh, those girls are so cool out there running around so fast and look at them go. They are so powerful and brave. Mm -hmm. I wish I could be like that. Well, you can. Yeah. Go, go watch some videos, read some books, call, make some calls. 
you know, Find get the right people. There. Yeah. Yeah. We are capable of so much more change than we give ourselves credit for. We commit ourselves to our own reality on such a regular basis. And we get in the habit of saying, no, I can't. Well, I can't do that, but I'm this. And when we, when we commit to those labels that other people put on us, that we put on ourselves, then it stops us from experiencing the power of yes. Do you know what I think also, I don't want to, I don't want us to limit ourselves to the people that we know currently, but by reaching out to someone who you don't know, or maybe who you just have an acquaintance with who does something that you want to do Mm -hmm. or is in the circle that you would like to be in, Mm -hmm. it really opens up those doors. Mm -hmm. And I think we've talked about this a fair amount is looking around at the people around you and just seeing like, who am I spending my time with? And is how they show up in the world, something that aligns with me now versus before, because you change the people around you change and just constantly questioning and assessing in order to align your actions and your choices with your values. And it's just something that we have to continually assess and, uh, and then make changes accordingly and have, have the courage to make changes accordingly. Cause they're not, it's not like this no. is just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to make this change. Changing your circle of friends is very challenging. Changing your discipline is it can be challenging, you know, changing your job, your relationships. Those, those are really difficult things, but they are necessary at a lot of times in our lives. Yeah. And it doesn't often doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> we get trapped in putting a time frame on things and it doesn't really need to happen overnight. You don't need to go from being a rainer to being a dressage queen in a month or a year. It could take 10 years, you know, if you want to make a change, it starts with the little everyday yeses. Mm -hmm. And before we transition into something else that we're really excited and we want to talk to you about, I just want to say that Nikki and I both got a message from one of our listeners and followers right before we were about to record this episode. And we were just so touched to hear him say that some of the things that he's heard us discuss on our podcast have encouraged him to start giving clinics and lessons and really pursuing his dreams in the horse industry. And that was so meaningful to us. And I said, you will never guess that we're about to record this episode all about saying yes. And I think that that was just a great way for the universe to kind of make that happen. So thank you for that. I love that. Okay. So I think that this is a conversation that we could probably just carry on for days and days, but I think we are going to try to keep this as short and sweet as possible to not uh, beat the proverbial horse. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on to our, you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. For this one, we're going to share stories of when we individually said yes to something that brought us closer to where we want wanted to be. So brought us actually to where we are now, which is where we want to be. <laughs> How nice. I hope this is where I want to be right now. Yeah. Um, okay. So shall I share my story first? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. I would say one of the most pivotal times that I said yes was to buying my first quarter horse, Woody, 
back in 2014 when I hadn't owned a horse for a long, long, long time. And it was a huge financial choice for us. And there were a lot of uncertainties about where I was going to board him. And I I really hadn't owned a horse in quite a long time. We were moving to a new province, but the decision to buy him ultimately shaped my life from then on and my husband's because now all of a sudden we live on a 35 acre horse property mm-hmm. and horses are a big part of our lives. So, and they were always going to be part of my life, but the decision to buy that horse was huge. Yeah. I love that example. There's, I think a lot of people can sit right now and go, what horse led me? What horse did I say yes to that led me to where I am right now? Ooh, you guys send us your pictures of your horses that you said yeah. yes to. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. What's yours? What's mine? Mine is saying yes to an internal nudge. So it wasn't an opportunity that got, you know, brought to me and somebody said, do you want to do this? It was an idea that popped into my head that I took action on almost immediately. And I think that's the key. So many times we have these amazing ideas and we were like, oh, that's fantastic. That's great. And then we don't share it with anybody and we don't take any action. And then it just kind of like goes away. And five years down the road, we're like, oh man, remember that time I had that really great idea? (laughs) Wouldn't that be cool? So I knew when I had this idea, had I not taken action immediately, I would in five years time down the road been like, darn, I probably should have should have done something about that. And the idea was to write a collaborative book with stories from equestrian women who have had the impact similar to the story that you just shared about Woody. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first phone call I made was to you, Nadine, saying, this this is the idea I just had. And I think it's great. And I want to do this. Let's make it happen. And can you come along for this ride with me? Because I know it sounds crazy, but I think we can do it. Yeah. What a great, and what a great example. And I'm really glad that I said yes to that. Me too. Let me tell you. (laughs) Somebody said to me the other day, they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for being so organized. And I was like, this is not me. The organization part of this book project is not on me. It is all on Nadine. Oh, well, you did the majority of the work. I created a few spreadsheets. <laughs> you, yeah, brilliantly. So, so that yes was huge. I think that that yes, uh, not only did it kind of say yes to, to a dream of mine, but it actually led me closer to you. It led me to meet some incredible people and the process has just been it's so rewarding. So good. Yeah. I think the pivotal time was when we had a video chat with all of the authors and then everybody kind of shared, we had our introductions and shared some of our stories and it was an immediate connection that people will feel when they read the book Yeah, because you'll feel connected to every single story. When you read each of these, the things that people shared in these books and in the, in their chapters are so relatable and so emotional and heartwarming and you can't help but feel connected to the person that wrote it. Yeah, definitely. So that being said, if you have no idea what we're talking about right now, (laughs) we can fill you in. (laughs) So Nadine and I 
after I had that nudge, that idea, and Nadine reluctantly at first <laughs> said, uh, okay, <laughs> okay, I'll jump on. Uh, we put together a call to action for people on Instagram. And we said, do you have a story? Do you have a story about you know, your life with horses that has made an impact on who you've become today. And Nadine, in almost every one of my interviews of the authors over the last two weeks, almost every one of them said they said yes, because they saw that Instagram post. Oh, wow. Right. So it just resonated enough. That one Instagram post resonated enough that it brought together 17 women to create a book that, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, but I think it is amazing. Like I, I, I think it's going to make an impact. Oh, for sure. And I mean, it wasn't just 17 people that reached out. There were a lot more people. We could put everybody in the book, but it, it, I think you picked, you went through a very small part of each individual person's story that they submitted And then we chose or, you know, each person for this book and it just came together so well. And so do you want to share the name of the book, Nikki? Yeah. So the book is Riding Through It, Equestrian Women Tested and Transformed. And it is full of hope and real, raw, authentic emotion and connections with horses and people. And it's awesome. I just love it from start to finish. Absolutely. Yeah. From start to finish. I think when I, when I finished it, I said to you, this is every horse girl's book. And, and, and you know, and then I also thought it, anybody that has a dog would also, anybody that has mm. any kind of relationship with an animal that they feel just, it's, it's like an other level, mm-hmm. any connection that you have with an animal, this will speak to you. Yeah. So we're, that's, that's Nadine kind of gave a little teaser and said, there's something we were excited about. That's what we were excited about is, you know, this book and we're at a pivotal point right now with it and the publication of it I received, and I sent it along to Nadine this morning. I received the full edited, beautiful copy of the manuscript that will get uploaded onto uh, Ingram Spark and Amazon ASAP. So we're at, we're at the most, oh my gosh, like literally one of the most exciting points in this journey right now. And speaking of exciting, when we launched our pre-orders last week, or was it two, the time is flying. It might've been two weeks ago now. <laughs> anyway, we all launched our pre-orders. We all had a certain amount of copies that each author could sell that are going to be at a special price and have a couple extras in it. And they sold out, you say within 24 hours, I feel like it was less than 12 hours. It was so quick. <laughs> Super fast. And, and then we started taking an email list. So if at the point when this comes out, if the book hasn't been launched yet, if you want to send us a message, um, we can put your email on a list to be notified as soon as it does come out. We, I don't know if we're still hopeful it'll come before Christmas, but we, we can offer gift certificates or, or some kind of a printout for people if you want to give it as a gift. Yeah, definitely. It's questionable if this was not right before Christmas because of the, just the crazy rush on shipping and all of the things and COVID times, I think we would probably be smooth sailing. 
Um, but because of COVID, shipping has been delayed. I was speaking to one of our authors actually the other day who went to ship a gift and the shipping was 64 days or something oh. crazy. And she was like, what do you mean? Well, my <laughs> so, Amazon packages are taking weeks to come instead of right. two to three days. Yeah. Right. So. so with those factors that are beyond our control, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to honor like giving out a gift certificate of some, some form for people so that there's like an envelope in the tree for someone. Um, but I honestly, like, I think this is a beautiful gift for anyone who is a reader, an animal person, um, not only women, it's written by all women. That was not intentional. It's how it played out. Um, but not only women are going to enjoy this book as well. Oh, right. For sure. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to mention when you said that it is intended for more mature audience. It, we've had several people who we know have asked us about reading it to their kids or giving it to their child. And because of the content, which can be more on the mature side, there's not any graphic detail of anything whatsoever. However, it's definitely deals with subjects like marital issues or divorce or mental health or just sickness, not in great detail, but just not something that necessarily a child should read. That's right. It is written by adult women for adults with the intention yeah. to have adults read it. I, if I was to put an age on it, my first thought would be like 16 and up. Yeah, I would say. So I think, is there anything else we wanted to share? I would say we are about to wrap up 2021. Oh my gosh, next, I can't, even, can't even believe it. <laughs> we're getting into the holidays. We're getting really busy personally. And we're going to do one more episode. And then we're going to take a little break and come back in the new year. So, but what we do want to do in our next episode is go over some of our favorite moments from our episodes of 2021. And we would love to hear from you what your favorite episode was, who was your favorite guest, because we definitely have the opportunity to bring back some guests next year. We can't bring back everybody, but you let us know who is your favorite guest. Maybe we'll put up a poll on Instagram. Let us know the topics that you love the most and what you want us to dive into deeper. And we will see what we can do about discussing some of that on our next episode. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to hear you, who you guys think was the best interview or who you enjoyed hearing from the most. And maybe we can make it like a surprise episode. Yeah. Or like you guys asked for it and then ta-da. <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, I have my own favorites, but every, so many of them, I was so excited for and, and loved so much. It's really, I mean, I can't pick a favorite for sure, but we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. That's next. <laughs> All right. Well, this was really fun. I enjoyed this chat for sure. I think it's one that both of us uh, feel passionately about because we have seen how saying yes has influenced our lives, but we've also seen our natural inclination to want to say no and how that could possibly have held us back from being where we are right now. And when we say like where we want to be and that's right now, like we're both, if I asked you, you would say you're where you want to be right now. And I feel the yeah. same way, which is a really empowering feeling. It feels great. Yeah, yeah it does. So we want to say thank you for being here with us and listening to the Canada Horse Podcast today. And we hope that you join us next week 
or I guess not next week, in two weeks time (laughs) for the next episode to finish off 2021. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada. Canada.